if you haven't been with us in any of our Sundays, or maybe it's the first time you're hearing about this series today, um, it, it, it deals with the subject of spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul uh, is bringing an awareness to us about a spiritual world or a spiritual realm. He calls them heavenly places. And, and, and it, it's where the devil and his demons, and it's, it's where they move and they operate. And, and, and the fact that, that, that the spiritual world and the earthly world, they, they collide together and they intersect with one another. And we see where the, the devil and his demons, it's, it's, it's their, we see their activity. We see their influence even in our world today. Uh, we see it uh, in the hearts of people. We see it in how people move in their actions. And so it's evident and clear that there is a spiritual world. Now, um, I will say this, just in conversations that I've had with people, some even within the church, some outside the church, when, when the subject comes up of, of a spiritual world or spiritual warfare, uh, there are two mindsets that I often encounter. Uh, the first mindset I encounter is a, is a mindset of, of, for some folks, they're afraid. That for some folks, it's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't like talking about that. I don't like talking about the fact that there are demons and the devil and, and all that. Like, I don't like, it just, I don't like talking about it, so I'd rather just kind of leave it alone and not bring it up, not, not know that there is this spiritual world that exists, this spiritual realm that exists. But, but Paul says in, in verse 10, he says, look, uh, it's important for you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, meaning that this is not a, a world, it's not a battle, a spiritual battle that you can win by your human effort, but it's only when you are relying on God, right? He, 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 he says it, look, be strong in the Lord. This, this spiritual world, this spiritual fight that, that is going on, this battle that is going on, you, you can't win with human effort. You can't win under your own strength and your own ability. So, so, in your own effort, be afraid. But when you're dependent and relying on God, you don't have to be afraid. And so we see where Paul is telling us, he's like, look, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be aware of the devil's schemes. Be aware that he is waging war against you. Because whether you knew this or not, as Christ's followers, the devil has waged war against us. He hates you. Because he hates God. And so the devil has waged war on you. He does not like you. He wants to see you fail. And so we don't have to be afraid. But then the second mindset that I encounter sometimes when talking about the spiritual world or spiritual warfare is, is really an apathetic mindset, meaning I really don't care. I really don't care, like out of sight, out of mind. I don't see it, so I don't even really know if it's real. I, I really don't care. I don't, I, it doesn't affect me anyway, so, so why even think about it? Why even uh, be aware of it? I, I really don't care, Chris. Like, I, I don't see demons. I don't see the devil. I don't see any of that stuff, so why even talk about it? I, I really don't care, and so there's this, this apathy, uh, this apathetic mindset that, that people tend to have when it comes to, to spiritual warfare or the spiritual realm, but let me tell you something this morning. That is exactly where the devil wants you to be. He wants you to be apathetic towards the spiritual. He wants you not to care about it. 
because he knows that if I can get you not to care about it, I can roam freely and do whatever I want to do, and I don't have to worry about you. But the scriptures tell us, be aware, be alert of the devil's schemes. Be aware that the devil has waged war against you, and we don't have to be afraid. And so uh, God has, has equipped us. Not only has he given us his presence, he is with us, but he has equipped us to fight in this battle. And he has given us what we now know as, as the armor of God or the spiritual armor. And he's listed out those pieces of armor in the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Let's just read that together for a moment so we can uh, get up to speed about what I'm referring to here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Verse 17 is what I want to focus in on this morning. Take the helmet of salvation. So Paul lists out these pieces of armor that we've been equipped with. He lists out these pieces of armor that, that God has given us. He said, I, I don't want you in this fight ill-prepared. I want you prepared. I want you to know what it is that I've, I've, I've given you. I want you to know what it is that I've armed you with. And so in verse 17, we move to the next piece of armor in our list, the helmet of salvation. Now, it's pretty obvious. We, we, we know what, what a helmet's purpose is, right? It is, it is to protect our head from any type of blow or injury to the head. We, uh, we, our current soldiers, our current military, they wear protective gear. They wear a helmet. Uh, we, we know it in our day and age with, with sports and recreation, with uh, football and, and hockey, even baseball. They wear protective gear for the head to, to protect the head from any type of injury or, or blow that could cause an injury or damage uh, to the brain. Um, Brain damage is very serious, whether you knew it or not. Brain damage doesn't just affect the brain, but when the brain is damaged, it affects every other part of your body, every part of your body. There are certain parts of the brain that if you were, if, if even the smallest little part of your brain, there's a part of your brain that, that's super small, that if that were to get injured in any way, it would affect uh, mobility. It could affect uh, uh, your, your balance. It could affect uh, your muscles. Like, like the brain is like this, this control center in our, in our bodies that if it, if it suffers an injury or suffers any type of damage, it's not just going to affect the one area, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to trickle down to the rest of your body and so we see the importance of protecting the head we want to avoid brain injury we want to avoid brain damage because we don't want it to affect 
the different parts of our body. We don't want it to affect our mobility. We don't want it to affect our memory. We don't want it to affect our, our, our muscle memory. We, we, we want to protect our head. And so in the physical sense, we, we think it's important to protect the head to avoid injury or brain damage because we recognize the seriousness of what any type of injury or damage to the brain can cause. We all agree, right? The helmet is important. The helmet is important. But let's talk for a moment in the spiritual sense. He says to put on the helmet of salvation. So now we're moving from the physical sense and, and what we know a helmet to be and what it protects. Now we're moving to the spiritual and, and this helmet of salvation. What does that all mean? Well, well, the spiritual helmet, the helmet of salvation, it, it protects against every mental assault that the devil will try to throw at you. It protects against the mental assaults of the devil, the mental assault of the enemy that he comes for your thought life and for your mind. And here's why. Because, see, the devil knows that if he can seize your mind, the devil knows that if he can seize your thought life, if he can attack and injure and damage your thought life, that he realizes that he has a, a very good position in your life. If we, if we don't protect this area, we've, we've opened the door for the enemy to, to attack. We've opened the door for the enemy to even seize and control. So now what was the, 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 the operating system of our lives, the enemy now has, has planted seeds of, of lies, of deceit, and attack, and now he's got access to your control center. He's got access. That's why he loves to come for the mind. He loves to come for the thoughts. Because you remember, we're, we're made up of three parts, right? Spirit, soul, body. And our, our soul is where our, our mind and our will and our emotions are. And so Satan says, look, if I can get this area, if I can get this area, I, I, they're, they're saved now, so I, I may not be able to touch their spirit. Because what Jesus has done on the cross, he's, he's secured you in your spirit. He's secured salvation for you. But if I can just mess with their mind, if I can just mess with their thinking, their mind, their will, and their emotions, then, then I realize that I have access to a control center of their lives. And, and maybe, just maybe, I can cause some other damage along the way. Because see, here's what I'm convinced of. And I'm only convinced of it because this has happened in my own life. Could it be the very reason why we don't feel like we're being successful or victorious in our spiritual battle it's because we are sabotaging ourselves with the way that we think I mean think about it like externally I see all of you today and and, and we're smiling and, and we're greeting one another we're worshiping we're doing all the things that that externally we can see but 
but, but it doesn't, I, I don't put it past the fact this morning that there are some of you this morning that are battling and struggling and losing the war in your thought life. Like you could be smiling externally, but, but internally in your thought life, you're as depressed and as dark and as low as you possibly can be. And I believe that the, for many people, why we're not experiencing the victory we really want to experience in the spirit is because I think we're self-sabotaging ourselves with our thoughts. Because somewhere along the way, we didn't have our helmet on. Somewhere along the way, we've allowed the lies of the enemy to infiltrate and take root in our thought life, to take root in our thinking. And, and, and this is something that the devil has been working on in your life since you were born. Since you were born, because see, the, the, the attacks of the enemy on our thought life, they didn't just happen yesterday. They, 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 they happened through a course of time. Like for some of us, our, our, our thinking and our thought life has been impacted by, by things of the past. Maybe we've had some bad experiences in our past. Maybe uh, we had some hurtful words said to us in our past, some, some crushing words said to us. I know people to this day, grown men who are husbands and fathers who are still hurt from the words of a family member at six years old see at six years old a seed was planted at six years old an attack was made on on, on this little boy's thought life and it's the same way for some of us we've all experienced some forms of attack of our minds and our thought life in our past whatever it is whether it's our family upbringing whether it's hurtful words whether it's negative experiences whatever it is we've been attacked our minds have been assaulted And for some, the devil has taken control of the control center of our lives. He's taken control of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Because you and I both know that if our mind and our will and our emotions are under siege with something, it affects every other area of our lives. And so our, our, our past is a contributor to that. And because of our past being a contributor to, to maybe some negative thoughts and some bad thinking or some attacks of the enemy on our mind, now our past now affects our own self-image and how we perceive ourselves. Some of you have a negative perception of how you see yourself. For some of you, your, your, your perception of how you perceive yourself, your, your, your negative self-image and how you view yourself, not only does it affect you, but it affects everything else and everyone else around you. For some of you, your negative self-image that you have of yourself is, is the same negative self-image that impacts even your current relationships. The reasons why some of your marriages are the way that they are is because you've had a negative self-image of yourself, because you've believed uh, lies of the devil. You've believed the assault of the devil. The reason why some of you in your marriages and your relationships are, are in shambles right now is because of a negative self-image. 
It's impacted relationships. It's impacted decisions in your life. Financial decisions. Life decisions. Negative self-images. And so we see it, our past, we see our self-image come into play. Because see, brain damage doesn't just affect your brain. It affects other parts of the body. And an attack, an assault on your mind and your brain and your thought life doesn't just attack the one area, it attacks different parts of the body. It, 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 it attacks and impacts different uh, uh, people and different things that are around you. And so the devil knows. He said, if I can just get them to think bad, if I can just get them and, and control their thoughts, if I can get them just in this area, I now have control. And sadly, realistically for some of us we've given him control we've given him control somewhere in our lives some season of our lives in our upbringing or our family the seeds and attacks of the enemy have infiltrated now he's at his control center now he's telling you to move where you need to move. He's telling you to do this and do that. And, and he's, 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 he's charting the course for your life. Because he's come for your mind. He's come for your thoughts. And we wonder why we can't change. Like we wonder, we, there, there are certain things that we want to do different. Like we want our lives to change. We want to do things differently. We want to talk differently. We want to do all the right things. We want to change, even in the physical sense, like we, we want to get healthy. We want to do right. We want to make all these changes. And so we, we start changing the external. If I can just start doing this differently, then I'll start to see change. If I can start uh, speaking this way, then, then things will start to change. But, but the devil knows. He said, I've already got their minds. I've already got their thought life. So in, 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 until they change their thinking and their thought life, nothing else will change in their life. Nothing else will change until we start changing our thinking. And we start changing our thoughts. And we start identifying the fact that, man, the devil has really had his way with my thought life, my whole life. The devil has really planted some seeds of deceit and deception and lies. And he's got me believing these things. And because I believe these things, it's affecting the way that I live. It's affecting the way that I interact with one another. The Bible says to put on the helmet of salvation so that we can guard our thought life, so that we can guard our thinking from the attacks of the evil one. And he says to put on the helmet of salvation. 
You can't just guard your mind and your thoughts with just any type of headgear. It's got to be the helmet of salvation. What does that mean? Salvation simply means to be saved or delivered from something. And as I look around the room today, for many of us here, we know what it is to be saved and delivered from something. We know it because salvation is synonymous with the gospel. And he says, this is what you're supposed to guard your thought life with. This is what you're supposed to guard your mind with. And so I realize that until we know the gospel, we don't know what to guard our minds with. Until we know what the good news is, we don't know what to guard our thinking with. So what is the gospel, the good news? I've said it every week, every week for the past four months. The gospel, the good news. Recognizing the fact that you and I were sinners that needed a savior. And Jesus is the son of God. He came to become our savior. He died on a cross so that we can be forgiven of sin. He rose from the dead in power so that we can experience a new life. That's good news. That's the gospel. And I I asked Nancy uh, about a month ago, I said, you know, I I, I seem to repeat that every single week. Like, do you think, like, like, am I just repeating myself? Do, Do you think I'm saying that too much? And she's like, no. No. You need to say it as often as possible as you can because people need to get that ingrained in their minds. They need to know what the gospel is. They need to know what the good news is. If, you, if, you've, if you've been with us on a Wednesday night, I asked this question some months ago. I said, when was the last time, and I'm speaking to believers, I'm speaking to the body of Christ, I'm speaking to the church. When was the last time the gospel made you weep? When was the last time you thought about what Jesus has done for you and it made you cry, it made you weep? And if we're honest with ourselves, And I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand, but I want you just to think about this for a moment. When was the last time the gospel impacted you so deeply it moved you emotionally? And if we can be honest, those moments have been few and far between. If we can be honest, some of us can't even remember the time we thought about the gospel and it moved us emotionally. And so you have to know the gospel. You have to know the good news. You have to know what the helmet of salvation means. It's putting the gospel beforehand. It's putting the gospel in front of you. It's letting that be the central focus of your thought life. It's letting the good news of Jesus be central to everything that you're thinking. in the good and the bad. When things are going my way, when things aren't going my way. 
when people break into the church and steal stuff, and when everything is going well here at the church. The gospel has to be central in our thought life. It has to be central in our thinking. And that is the only thing that is going to guard your thoughts and your mind from the attacks of the enemy. Because it's the only truth that will stand. It's the only truth that holds everything together as we talked about the belt of truth. Do you know the gospel? I'm not asking anybody to give me just an exhaustive theological doctrinal study on the Bible. I'm not asking anybody to give me a seminary answer. I'm not asking anybody if they study the Bible 12 hours a day. Just asking you, do you know the gospel? Do you know the good news? If someone were, someone were to come up to you today and say, man, what is the gospel? What is the good news? Could you tell them? Could you tell them? But how do people not know what Jesus has done for them? How do people not know what salvation truly is? because it's not at the forefront of their thinking. There are other things that consume our thought life. There are other things that consume our thinking. And look, man, I've, I've been here before too. I, I know exactly what that is. I know exactly what it is to, to, to have other things consume me. I know exactly what it is to have the, the affairs of this world, the, the, the trials of life, all these. I know what it is to, consume, what, to have all that consume my thinking, to stress me out. I know what that is. But if I would just think about the gospel, if I would just think about the good news, Things would change for me. Things will change for you. And we are to put on this helmet of salvation, this guarding of our thought life with the gospel, with the good news, where the good news is at the forefront, the good news of what Jesus has done for us. It's what guards us. It's basic Christianity 101. But yet we let other things consume and take over and invade our space. We let the enemy at the control center of our thinking and our thought life. when instead we should be guarding our thinking and our thought life with the good news of Jesus. I want to read something to you, and then we're going to get out of here. But Some may ask the question, well, Chris, that was good, but I need a practical solution to this. Like, what does putting on the helmet of salvation really look like? What does that mean? 
like I, like I know people I know people that, I know people that do this every morning when they they put on the spiritual armor they like like they they motion putting on the armor I'm putting on the belt of truth I'm I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness I'm I'm, I'm taking uh, the shield of faith I'm putting it, like I know people that, that that do that right that may work for you and if you're doing that keep doing it. But, but in regards to the helmet of salvation, Chris, I need you to get practical with me because me motioning to put a helmet on that I don't see, like, it, it kinda, it's kind of weird to me. So how do I put on this helmet of salvation? How do I guard my thinking from the attacks of the enemy, from the lies and deceit of the enemy? How do I guard against those things? How do I protect my thought life from the devil? Real simple solution, real simple solution. And I'll leave you with this. I read this quote from the Dean of American Sociology. This is not a Christian guy. This is just what he says. His name is Charles Cooley. He says this, and we'll have it on the screen so you can see this. He says, your self-esteem, your self-worth or image is determined to a large degree by what you think the people or the person that matters most to you thinks about you. You following that? Your self-esteem, your self-worth, or your image is determined to a large degree by what you think the people or the person that matters most to you thinks about you. What does that mean? It means I care deeply what the important people in my life think about me. I do. I care deeply as a child. I care deeply of what my parents thought about me. As I'm married, I care deeply about what my family thinks about me. See, we, we care about, you may say, well, I don't care what people think about me, but those that are important to you, you care what they think about you. And this dean of sociology said, look, a people's self-image, a, 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 a self-worth, they, they, it's determined by, by what these important people think about them. That's just medical science. So what's the solution then? If I need to be concerned about what the most important in my life, person, person in my life thinks about me, then, then what's the solution? The solution is simple. Make Jesus the most important person in your life. Make Jesus the most important person in your life. And care about what he thinks about you. That's putting on the helmet of salvation. That's putting what Jesus feels and thinks about you at the forefront of your life. And when you know what Jesus thinks about you, when you know how he feels about you, the lies and deception of the enemy cannot penetrate what you've guarded your mind with. Because it doesn't matter. All I want to know is, Jesus, how do you feel about me? God, how do you truly feel about Chris? 
Well, how does he feel about us? Well, scripturally, Psalm 139, 13. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts. He took time to create you. He took detail and made you and created you so individually, so beautifully crafted. I would say he feels pretty good about me. If he wants to take that amount of time to create me, to make me. If I get that point, then why does it matter what everybody else thinks about me? Why does it matter what the devil tries to accuse me with? Why does it matter the lies of the enemy against me? Man, God fearfully crafted me. But get this. He fearfully made me, he crafted me, he designed me, he, he, spent, he, he spent detail uh, being very meticulous in how I was formed and created. But guess what? I was created, I was born, and I mess up. I mess up, I make bad decisions. Made horrible decisions in my life. I. I I rebelled against the very one that created me. I did things that didn't please him. I, some instances, was even ashamed of him. The one who fearfully and wonderfully made me, I was ashamed of him. I sinned against him. I rebelled against him. I messed up. We've messed up. Clearly, your feelings and thoughts towards me have changed because I've messed up. Well, no, not at all. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, is that while we were still sinners, While you were living in your messed up ways, while you were rebelling against him, while you were hurting people, while you were hurting yourself, while you were lying, while you were cheating, while you were looking at porn, while were you doing all these different things, addicted to drugs, alcohol, while you were doing all of that stuff, God demonstrates his love for you. And that while you were in the midst of all that, Christ died for you. Make Jesus the most important person in your life. And then you'll start to care about how he feels about you. 
That, my friend, is guarding your thoughts against the lies and deceit of the enemy. That's guarding your thinking against the accusations that he throws at you. Make Jesus the most important. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put the good news, the gospel, before your thoughts every single day of your life. Stop for a moment and just think about the gospel. Stop for a moment and just think about what Jesus has really done for you. Get emotional over it. Just weep over it. Whatever you need to do, just stop and think about it. Because when you do, nothing else matters at the moment. Truly, nothing else matters. Make him the most important person in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus. Right now, we come against the lies and accusations of the devil against our mind, our thinking. attacks of the enemy from our past that have caused us to have a negative self-image of who we are. The times where we've believed the devil and what he's said about us, when we've believed other people and what they've said about us. Lord, we guard against those attacks right now in the name of Jesus. But we don't just guard them with anything. We guard them with the helmet of salvation. Jesus, we make you the most important person in our lives. Because we care what those important people think about us. And so, Jesus, we care about what you think about us. We care about how you feel about us. And, Lord, you tell us that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Lord, how precious are your thoughts towards us. In that even when we messed up, even when we failed, even when we've rebelled against you, your thoughts towards us haven't changed. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That was a demonstration of your love towards us. Lord, I pray that we would not forget the gospel. That we would not forget the good news of what you've truly sacrificed for us. Regardless of the circumstances around me, regardless of the trials I may be going through at this moment, The gospel is before us. The good news is before us. We thank you for salvation. Again, never let us get over our salvation. 
we haven't moved on from salvation. So undeserving. We don't deserve the good that you've done for us. We don't deserve it. But you still did it. And it's with that that we guard our minds this morning. It's with that that we guard our thinking. Father, I pray for those that are in this room today. That have the seeds from the past still growing in their minds today. That the lies of the devil, that the hurtful words of a family member, that the bad experiences of maybe their family or their household, Lord, those things that have maybe shaped us. Lord, we guard against that right now in the name of Jesus. And we set you as the most important person in our lives. We set you and your thoughts towards us as the only thing that matters right now. Lord, I pray that you would shower somebody with your love today. Let them know they have value today. They have value because you give them value. Let them know how much you love them today. Jesus' name. Amen.